This program is presented by Birch Gold Group, the precious metal IRA specialists. Good morning. In today's headlines, a power outage causes a terminal closure at JFK Airport. Inbound and outbound flights are being affected. Find out what the airport is doing about it. Senator J.D. Vance posted a video of a contaminated creek near the Ohio train derailment site. The EPA says air and water are now safe, but some say more needs to be done. China banned two large American defense manufacturers yesterday over their arms sales to Taiwan. We have more on its latest moves to sanction the two U.S. firms. YouTube CEO is stepping down after nearly a decade. We share what's next for the tech giant's leader and who's in line to replace her. And the story of a retired soldier that rose to fame on TikTok for walking. But it's not as simple as it seems. He made it his goal to spread love and bring unity. We have his story. Good morning. Welcome to NTD. I'm Kevin Hogan. Good morning. I'm Evelyn Lee. Today's Friday, February 17th. And we're starting off today with some news for air travelers. A power outage at New York City's JFK International Airport yesterday is affecting operations. Terminal 1 is closed today. The closure will affect inbound and outbound flights. The airport has been working to redirect affected flights to other terminals. Some flights have been diverted to other airports on the East Coast. The Port Authority and ter the terminal's operator are working to resume operations as quickly as possible. Travelers have been advised to check with their carriers for flight status before coming to the airport. Another train derailment, more hazardous materials, same company. A Norfolk Southern train carrying a hazardous materials derailed outside of Detroit, Michigan yesterday morning. Six train cars crashed off the tracks in Van Buren Township just before 9 a.m. local time. Authorities say one train car contained liquid chlorine, but it wasn't one of the cars that overturned and was one of the first sections to be removed. The fire department found no signs of leaking or damage. Officials say the derailment currently poses no danger to the public. The cause of the accident is not yet known. Roads in the area were closed during the investigation. No injuries have been reported. And now turning to the Ohio train disaster, the Environmental Protection Agency wants to put residents' fears to rest. It's been two weeks since a train derailed and spilled toxic chemicals in East Palestine. The agency says tests show the air and water are now safe. Entity's Daniel Monahan has more. Here at Leslie Run, and there's dead worms and dead fish all throughout this water. EPA Administrator Michael Regan says he's asking residents in eastern Ohio near the Pennsylvania state line to trust the government. EPA will exercise our oversight and our enforcement authority under the law. Regan says he's confident the technology being used to clean up the mess would protect public health. His visit came a day after residents of East Palestine packed a meeting and demanded to know if they are safe. Ohio EPA Director Ann Vogel says tests are back on the municipal well. The water, we are not showing any evidence of any contaminants. Residents are frustrated by what they say is incomplete and vague information, and some are mistrustful that all proper steps are being taken. We need help. We do. People were getting sick. Senator J.D. Vance says it's necessary to keep applying pressure on officials to clean up the disaster. 
Vance posted a video of a creek bed. He says if you scrape it, chemicals seem to be coming up out of the ground. Watch this. Just see that chemical pop out of the creek. This is disgusting. And the fact that we have not cleaned up the, the, the train crash, the fact that these chemicals are still seeping in the ground is an insult to the people who live in East Palestine. And Senator Sherrod Brown says it's important to hold Norfolk Southern accountable. That means accountable for the test for people to move back in, accountable for all the cleanup that will take weeks. Meanwhile, Transport Secretary Pete Buttigieg said on Yahoo Finance Live that train derailments are a frequent occurrence. There are roughly 1,000 cases a year of a train derailing. Buttigieg tweeted that he wants Congress to get involved and address rail safety. Daniel Monahan, NTD News. The Independent reported that the freight train that derailed in East Palestine had broken down only two days prior to the incident. Norfolk Southern was criticized last year for safety breakdowns. This after authorizing $10 billion in stock buybacks for shareholders rather than maintenance. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy visited the southern border in Arizona yesterday. He spoke about the problems and challenges Border Patrol agents are facing, as well as the control Mexican cartels have over the amount of people and deadly fentanyl coming into the U.S. His trip came a day after Republicans and a few Democrats held their first field hearing in Texas. Entity's Melina Weiskop reports. Arizona Congressman Juan Siscomani welcomed House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, along with a handful of other Republican lawmakers, to his home state so they can get an on-the-ground feeling of the border situation in southern Arizona. The lawmakers were briefed at the U.S. Customs and Border Protection's Tucson Sector headquarters, and the Tucson Sector is known for its high level of gotaways. That's a term that refers to illegal immigrants who are able to evade Border Patrol and enter the country undetected. The challenges that they see coming across, the fear that you have in a county that a Mexican cartel is the biggest employer. You don't feel safe in your own nation. The saddest part about all of this, the Mexican government doesn't know which of their citizens are leaving their country. The American government does not know who's coming into our country, but there's one entity who knows both, the Sinaloa cartel. McCarthy and the other lawmakers took an aerial tour of the border, followed by a tour of a ranch along the border in Cochise County. Some Democrats decrying the trip as a photo op. I mean, the speaker can make as many trips to the southern border as he wants to make, but the question is, will he make one trip across the rotunda to put together a bipartisan, bicameral effort? This trip comes just a day after a separate group of lawmakers held a hearing in Texas, highlighting the opioid crisis. The border crisis, the fentanyl crisis, that's been driven by President Biden's open borders agenda. Three Democrats attended that hearing with 18 Republicans. Many Democrats and immigration advocates say it's improper to link the opioid crisis to immigration. Uh, we know that a majority of fentanyl related convictions do not involve undocumented immigrants. And just a week from today, the House Judiciary Committee, led by Chairman Jim Jordan, will hold an on-the-field hearing in the border city of Yuma, Arizona. Reporting in Washington, D.C., Melina Weiskup, NTD News. Republican Carrie Lake has lost her appeal. Lake was challenging her defeat to Democrat Katie Hobbs in the Arizona governor's race. She asked the court to throw out the election results in Maricopa County and re-hold the election. 
The appeals court wrote that Lake presented no evidence that voters with unreadable ballots were not able to vote, adding that even a Lake witness confirmed that people with problem ballots could still have their votes counted. The court also said the conclusion that polling place problems changed the election outcome were groundless. Lake reacted on Twitter saying, quote, I told you we would take this case all the way to the Arizona Supreme Court, and that's exactly what we are going to do. Buckle up, America. Senator John Fetterman is back in the hospital, this time for mental health issues. Fetterman's office says he's seeking treatment for clinical depression. The senator's chief of staff says depression has come and gone throughout life for Fetterman, but became more severe in recent weeks. He voluntarily checked in at Walter Reed Medical Center after being evaluated by the Congress physician. Fetterman suffered a stroke last year during his campaign. Senators from both parties were supportive after the news. They applauded him for getting help and acknowledging that he needed it. Democrat Senator Dick Durbin said he believes Fetterman will soon be back and be able to serve a full six-year term. Republican Senator John Thune says senators were hoping and praying for his recovery. China banned two large American aerospace and defense companies yesterday. That was over their arms sales to Taiwan. Now that marks China's latest sanction against these two U.S. firms. China is going after Lockheed Martin and Raytheon, two of the biggest aerospace and defense manufacturers in the world. It has put the companies on an unreliable entities list, banning them from imports and exports related to China. These are Beijing's latest sanctions against the two U.S. firms. They come after the U.S. military shot down a Chinese spy balloon. Lockheed makes the F-22 Raptor fighter jet, which flew the mission, and Raytheon makes the missile it used to take it down. Beijing warned of countermeasures against relevant U.S. entities that undermine China's sovereignty and security after the incident. Neither company sells defense products to China. Raytheon declined to comment. Lockheed could not be immediately reached for comment. Beijing took several other measures. It banned the companies from further investment in China, barred senior management from entering the country, canceled residence permits for any staff in China, and imposed fines that are double the contracted amounts of the arms sales in Taiwan. Last February, China sanctioned the two firms over a $100 million arms sale to Taiwan. The White House press secretary says China's measures are symbolic and unnecessary. The U.S. does not sell weapons to China, but is bound to providing Taiwan weapons with the means to defend itself by the 1979 Taiwan Relations Act. And coming up, YouTube CEO is stepping down after nearly a decade. Find out what's next for the tech giant's leader and who will be replacing her. And a retired army soldier that rose to fame on TikTok for walking. He shares his mission to spread love and bring unity with us coming up after the break. Welcome back. YouTube CEO is stepping down. After serving in the leadership role for nearly a decade, Susan Wojcicki says it's time to focus on family, health, and personal projects. She made the announcement in a YouTube blog post yesterday. Wojcicki was one of the first employees at YouTube's parent company, Google. The company's two founders worked out of her garage to build the search engine. That was nearly 25 years ago. The 54-year-old will be replaced by Neil Mohan, YouTube's current chief product officer. Wojcicki says she plans to take on an advisory role at Alphabet. The changing of the guard comes as YouTube's advertising revenue fell for the second straight quarter. Alphabet shares were steady after the news, down less than 1%.
The NFL Players Association is being urged to offer players cardiac screening. Why is that? Because of the growing concern that COVID-19 vaccines can cause heart inflammation. The Health Freedom Defense Fund sent a letter to the association. They suggested screening because the vaccines can cause myocarditis. Young males are the most at risk. The letter commended the Players Association for doing the right thing when it comes to concussions by supporting stronger protections for players. They advised doing the same thing in, in, when it comes to COVID injections and the potential risks they bring. A study by Florida authorities found a jump in cardiac-related deaths among the vaccinated and an increased risk of heart conditions after a second dose of Pfizer's vaccine. The same goes for the first and second doses of Moderna's vaccine. Around 95% of NFL players received a COVID-19 vaccine under pressure from teams and the league. San Francisco authorities say traces of a deadly drug called xylazine is being found in the bodies of people who die from an overdose. The street name for the drug is Trank. It's an animal tranquilizer being added to illicit street opioids, mainly fentanyl. The tranquilizer is known to cause severe skin lesions. It can leave users with open wounds and lead to infections and even amputations. Trace amounts of it were found in four out of 145 bodies tested between December 1st of last year and the middle of last month. All of the overdoses involve fentanyl. San Francisco health officials say it's the first time the drug has been identified in overdose deaths in the city. Next, we have the story of a retired soldier that rose to fame on TikTok for walking. But it's not as simple as it sounds. He's made it his goal to spread love and bring unity. He told me his story. So it actually started, you know, when I was walking and waving at people, I was getting a good response and I knew that my purpose for it was for God and I, and, um, the feelings that I was getting and the messages that I felt like that I was, um, asking and receiving with God, I, uh, um, it, it really felt like I needed to share those. So I started writing messages, um, on my Facebook account and, um, after that, I started making little little videos, little snippets, and then I got a little more um, uh, willing to be in front of the camera <laughs> and uh, make videos and, and kind of speak my words instead of just uh, writing them. What do you want to do with the influence you've gained? What is your goal? So <clears throat> my goal has been to um, get with nonprofits or make my own um, and help veterans that are, are struggling with PTSD or struggling to um, survive in the civilian, civilian type world, um, not knowing, you know, how to get that connection or who to talk to when you feel alone, even though when there's 100 people around you, sometimes you just feel alone. And, uh, and, and having that person that understands you and gives, uh, gives you a feeling of existence, you, f you feel like that you actually have somebody that you can talk to and, and um, it, it gives you more meaning and it, it doesn't feel like that you're lost in this world. Mm -hmm. So I, I hope that um, things like that I can, I can help build and help share. And um, I'm dealing with a couple of nonprofits and, and I don't want to, I don't want to open them up yet until we get something really nailed down. But um, I got a few plans in order and hopefully you know, in the future, maybe I can, I can walk in every state or, or, um, yeah, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll, 
some there's there's God's got a plan for it, and I'm just I'm just following His lead. When going through your comments, it's pretty obvious that you're an inspiration to many, um, with your optimism and all the advice that you can give. But what in return inspires you? Oh man, the inspiration that I get from the the comments or people. Um, passing by and honking <laughs> the the honks are, are incredible and there's a railroad track of, by the road that I I walk on and more common when I see a train they they honk and they honk and they honk and you know so it's becoming pretty common about you know getting that morning wave in if I see them and uh, you know morning people there's a lot of the same people and and but there's always somebody new and and I've had people pull over I've had uh, people come and say how much they appreciate seeing it in the mornings or how it starts their day and how it, you know, just gets them going. And, you know, whether it be, they don't necessarily see it on social media, but the walk in the morning is what they see. And so they get that personal experience. And, and I get that from them too, by the honks and the, and the responses from them. Hmm. And how has your life changed since, since you started all of this? What have you learned from all of this? I would have to say the most that I have learned is um, <clears throat> knowing that I'm being noticed and it's easy to help other people be noticed just by a simple smile and a wave and good morning or how are you doing or, you know, just some, you can tell by people's faces, sometimes they, they are having a rough day. And if you just give that, Hey, good morning, I see you. And uh, you know, it could be just that little thing that you might not notice in an hour or two or whatever, but you know, you can touch somebody every single day and you don't even realize it. Yeah, absolutely right. And um, one more thing that I'm interested in is that I read that you're staying away pretty much from political views. And I just wanted to ask you, why did you make that decision? It's probably fairly obvious, you know, what I believe in, but um, I really didn't want to, um, I didn't want to, to bring that into it because my focus was love. And I, and no matter what side you're on or what you believe in, I, I love you, you know, and God loves you. God loves everyone. And, uh, and that's what he's teaching me to help share, you know, so the being, having the political part, sometimes it creates a struggle, um, because there's disagreements. And so I thought if I just leave that out and I just show that, Hey, I love you, um, that that'll be the best move. Hmm. Well, I think sharing some positivity and, like you say, helping people through a rough patch, I think that's worth so much. So thank you so much, Derek Rodinius. I really appreciate your time today. I appreciate you guys very much. Thank you very much for getting a hold of me. This is awesome. Next, simple acts of kindness in life can go a long way. One organization is trying to lighten the burden that Border Patrol and other law enforcement personnel carry. And a UK care home resident has fulfilled her dream of returning to the skies. She took a ride on the world's fastest and Europe's longest zip line. Was it a thrill? We'll find out after the break. Good to have you back. Last week, we interviewed the National Vice President of the National Border Patrol Council, talking about the morale at the border. He said there is basically no such thing as morale anymore. This time we spoke with an organization that's trying to lessen the load that Border Patrol and other law enforcement personnel face. 
with simple acts of kindness. Diane Langen is a life coach by profession. She's also the co-founder of a nonprofit organization called Morale Boosters. They're working to encourage and support law enforcement around the country. So our goal is to let them know that there are citizens who care, who understand that their job is not easy, especially right now. The organization first started out with the mission to offset hate directed toward police officers. Lately, their focus has been on border patrol agents. Many are feeling overworked due to a record number of illegal crossings. For local law enforcement departments, their city government doesn't always back them up. And for the border, the federal government isn't letting them do their actual job. So the reason why it's important is because if they don't feel like they have the citizenry behind them, the average, the, the public behind them, they may decide not to do this. They may quit, and a lot of them are taking early retirement, and, um, and some of them are just flat out quitting. By giving them Bibles, free lunches, and even snow cone machines, or even just the smallest things like snacks or ink pens, Langen is trying to make a difference. We've actually had some of the um, agents and officers tell us, you have no idea how much this means to us right now. And uh, that was, that's the type of experience that fuels us. We don't need, a, we don't need much to, for us to keep going except just to see that we're making a difference. They also deliver specially made banners signed by supporters with expressions of gratitude and handwritten cards of encouragement from citizens across the country. I can't even imagine what our society and our communities, what our country would be like without law enforcement. And these are human beings that are married, they have children, they have lives, they, have, you know, they've, they serve in their community lots of times, and they're going to work putting themselves in danger to protect us. So our goal is just to continually let law enforcement officers, um, local departments, as well as, as the border patrol stations along the, the border, um, to let them know continually we care for them to reach out to us when they have something that they need, including prayer. They've now served over 40 border patrol stations and dozens of police stations. Their goal is to reach all 70 plus stations along the southern border. I can only imagine really what kind of pressure law enforcement there should, must be under. Oh yeah, and Lingen says she hopes it will make a difference in how officers feel about their jobs and that it could inspire more people to encourage their local law enforcement through simple acts of kindness. Those looking to contribute to the effort can find more information on moraleboosters.us. And moving on, a recent published study in the Journal of School Health reveals adolescents who chose to remain single may be happier. Data was gathered on the dating habits of 6th through 12th graders, along with key emotional and behavioral information. That was through a combination of self-reported student surveys and teacher feedback. The data was originally published in a 2013 study, but a PhD candidate at the University of Georgia recently dove deeper. They compared the social and emotional data of 10th graders and found that a lack of romantic relationships had not hindered the development of the low daters. In fact, the students in this group were overall rated higher in social and leadership skills and lower in depression than those in other dating groups. 
you're never too old for adventures. A UK care home resident has made her wish of riding a, on a zip line come true, but she took it to the next level by riding on the fastest zip line in the world. Here's Entity's Costa Maness to tell us more. Sally Webster is an 85-year-old resident from Deewater Grange Care Home in Chester, England. Together with her daughter, Juliet, she zipped across the sky at a whopping 100 miles per hour in Wales on Tuesday. According to its website, the nearly one-mile-long zipline in North Wales is the fastest in the world and the longest in Europe. But Sally is no stranger to the skies. She paraglided over Morzine in the French Alps when she was in her mid-60s. An initiative called Wishing Tree by Care UK allows care home residents to suggest new hobbies or activities they would like to try, making it possible for Sally to soar above the ground once again. Very thrilling, I must say. The elder says she was most fascinated by the views and would be more than happy to do it again. Cost MNS, NTD News. Nice. Go big or go home, right? Oh, yeah. She's quite the thrill seeker. But Evelyn, did you know that zip lines were actually first becoming popular after biologists doing research in the rainforest of Costa Rica? They were using them to get around without disturbing the animals. That's interesting. Uh, I did that, and we had a monkey in the line, but I definitely <laughs> think that that should be appreciated because, like, all the bio biodiversity there... Yeah. Oh, wow, that's interesting. Yeah, those pesky monkeys. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Um, that's it for today. You can write us if you have any thoughts or ideas that you would like to share with us. Thanks for watching. I'm Evelyn Lee. And I'm Kevin Hogan.